0: Stay hungry, stay foolish.
1: We choose to go to the
0: moon in this decade and do the other. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Knowledge is Power podcast. I'm your host, Max Willett, and we got another great business owner guest on today. So if you want to go ahead and introduce yourself, that'd be great.
1: Hello, everyone. Thank you, Max. Uh, My name is Justin Oakley. I'm an occupational therapist by trade, and I um, am fortunate enough to to own and operate uh, with my partner, Michael Vieira, a full-service home modification company. We are named Oakley Home Access.
0: Very cool. So, how'd you win the argument of naming it Oakley Home Access and not your partner's uh, last name? <laughs> well, that's a, that's a
1: very interesting story. Uh, we, you know, we really labored over naming the business. Um, the backstory of how we got together was um, <clears throat> my partner Michael had over the last probably 10 years prior to us, uh, finding and opening Oakley home access, uh, had been working with my father who has my entire life has owned and operated Oakley services, which was a carpet cleaning, uh, commercial janitorial and property maintenance, uh, company. Uh, so when we had the idea about six years ago now to create this home modification company, um, we already had a or he already had a business going, and it was named Oakley Services. So what we did was we were kind of putting our foot in the water and just tipping our toes in the water and trying to see if we had something, seeing if we had a model that would work and be sustainable. Um, we simply, Put under the existing logo, home modification division. So our name was Oakley Services, home modification division. Okay. Um, so we ran things, we'd install a few grab bars and things like that, more handyman type things that would ha- uh, fit into that handyman box. Um, so that's how we started it. It was Oakley Services, and over the years, it ended. It was about a year and a half or so uh, before we changed the name and, and rebranded, but in the healthcare world in in Rhode Island locally to Rhode Island it was synonymous oakley the name oakley ended up synonymous with the safety company so a lot of folks our name was long it was our first registered name technically was oakley services comma home modification division so that was certainly a mouthful uh, yeah. no one would remember it but what they would remember is oakley and and that's what kind of stuck so Gosh, when we we labored over and we worked with you know some of our vendors in the industry, other industry leaders, um, other business owners, and we we labored over coming up with a name, and we we just felt that it was already a year and a half, and already thousands of, of you know rack cards and business cards and literature out there that we wanted to keep Oakley um, because we really think that was branded as synonymous with home safety and home accessibility um so still to this day a lot of times folks will just say Oakley and refer to it as oakley um and then the home access portion just really describes exactly what we want to do. We want to create mm-hmm. accessibility in the homes. Um, we want access for individuals. So the, and then we're, we're in homes the majority of the time. Um, so it just worked and it was a lot shorter. It was, yeah. uh, more than, uh, you know, less than half the amount of words and no commas. And it was just a clean cleaner name. Um, and then now we have the OHA abbreviation that we use very often as well. Um, as we expanded into other uh, real estate and, and different organizations, uh, myself and Michael, we absolutely put Vieira on the board. Uh, <laughs> we, we Vieira Holdings we almost created, but uh, we ended up going with Legacy Holdings instead for our real estate company. But uh, he, he wanted to keep his name out of it, and I, and I respect that. And that, and but he is all in, and we are. Equal partners. What what we love about our partnership is, which is unique to a lot of, um, compared to a lot of other companies and partnerships, where we bring exactly almost opposite things to the table. Mm -hmm. Uh, Me as the occupational therapist, I'm my background is the individual and the unique way an individual interacts with its environment. Now, Michael, being the construction expert, his expertise is that environment and how we can safely. Modify in uh, the the structure and the environment to to maximize mobility and to get the equipment actually in place. So really, it was the marriage of those our two backgrounds um, that that really you know separates us in the industry for accessibility equipment. Uh, we really make it holistic. We make it about the person as much as about the environment. So now our entire team is instilled with our values that that we both bring our backgrounds to the table. And um yeah, we are uh we're home safety team of experts is what we you know we consider ourselves.
0: Very cool. So can you explain for people that don't know what an occupational therapist is? Absolutely.
1: So an occupational therapist, that's an you know age-old question, what is OT? It's everything and it's nothing. So OT is very interesting. Um very oftentimes we get in the bucket uh, with PTs, so it's kind of a starting point. But we are, you know, a, a very unique profession. So essentially, the way I like to explain occupational therapists is, our focus are on helping an individual or a patient do anything that they want to do. Max, if you had a significant injury, let's say, let's make it personal. Okay, mm-hmm. if you had a significant injury, and let's let's just go right at it head on. If you had a a stroke tomorrow and you had a cva and your right side was very impaired i know for a fact you want to be a 3d printer yeah and you want to host podcasts yeah you know what you get an ot that's what we're going to work on we let the patient dictate the goals to get back to what they want to do yeah max when you're in the hospital in the rehab setting ot's we're going to help you learn how to get dressed again we're going to help you learn how to bathe again. We're going to help you learn how to get in and out of that nice comfy gaming chair.
0: Yeah.
1: We're going to help you get in and out of your house, how to work on those techniques, but what you're also we're also going to work on is what you care about and what mm-hmm. you really want to do again. So, that's OT in a nutshell. We just try to help get folks to do what they want to do again. A lot of times it's it's adapting, sometimes it's with equipment. Uh, a lot of times it's strategies, um, but there's a, we work in a wide variety of settings. So starting with early interventions, the kiddos, one to three years old, um, a lot of sensory integration type things. Um, kiddos all throughout schools will have OTs to help everything from handwriting to behavioral issues um, and, and you know social issues. Mm-hmm. Um, outpatient settings, oftentimes that's where, the contrast with PT is physical therapists, you'll hear a lot, will say they'll work on the waist down. So walking and doing stairs, OT in the outpatient clinical setting is going to be the waist up. So your arms, your hands, fine motor skills, a lot of uh, tendonitis in the, the shoulder and elbows uh, is going gonna, is gonna to come up with OT. And then a big niche is hand specialty. Um, so there's a, there's a um, CHT is a certified hand therapist. That is one of the most rigorous uh, exams to sit for. I am in no way a, a CHT, but I did some internships in hands. And I'll tell you, if I didn't, you know, have the passion and the the idea about this business, I, I I always thought my destiny would be in a hand clinic. Um And with OT, it's rigorous. You take on the challenges of the individuals. It gets very intimate, but it's grueling. So oftentimes, an OT throughout the course of their career will change from all those different settings that I've mentioned. There's also the hospital setting and the nursing home setting as well. So wide variety of settings. We even do um, return to driving type things. So we'll (laughs) help an individual get back to driving. Uh, That's a big niche for OTs as well. And then, of course, there's the entrepreneurial side where you find a need in the community as an OT with your knowledge and skills, and you fill it. so there's a there's a wide variety of entrepreneurial opportunities as well for OTS. Uh, but it's a growing industry and it it, it fits right in there with PTs um, and speech and language pathologists in the healthcare setting.
0: Great. well, yeah. so let's backtrack a little bit. yeah, and I'd love to to hear you know your backstory. Um, you know, I like to say after high school, uh, your education, and what made you want to start a business eventually? So,
1: so that was a big eventually. Yeah. So it was it was almost, it feels like a lifetime after high school uh, that I created the business. Um, after high school, I stayed fairly local and went to Providence College. Mm-hmm. Um, I studied psychology, which eventually that ended up being to my benefit pursuing OT, but I didn't know it right away. So uh, I did my four years. I got a... Um, my bachelor's in psychology, a minor's in business, which I had no thought of what type of business. I had always been, my my father had me, you know, helping clean offices and carpet cleaning since I think I was eight or nine years old, he had me out into people's homes. Mm-hmm. So that gave me a little of the entrepreneurial spirit. However, I, I knew I didn't want to take over his business and I didn't know exactly what business it would be or even if it would be uh, um, a business that would be my future. Um, after college, I did give my—I uh, served for my father a few years. I told him I'll give you two years to help manage and grow the business a little bit. Um, and then I got—I said I got to get out of here, Dad. I got to see what else is out in the world. Most folks I knew from Rhode Island never left Rhode Island. I—I had a yeah. strong inclination that I wanted to raise my family in Rhode Island and and come back. But I knew I needed to get out and just see what else there was out there. So um, as an avid surfer, you know, growing up here in Rhode Island, I I was going out chasing waves in San Diego, really. Uh, I went out there in 2004, and it wasn't until I was, I held odd jobs uh, while I was out there. I got into photography a little bit, uh, trying to use the right side of my brain, my creativity a little bit, um, d- did, a, did a wide variety of things out there. And then... It wasn't until 2011, so fast forward seven years after my uh, college graduation, that I I found out about occupational therapy. It was actually um, a very good friend of mine, Sandy McGregor, who is is now an OT, um, he had told me, that he was taking, we were actually at a, at the bar having a beer. I happened to be in a sling. I had fractured my, or tore my AC joint. So that was my, my first time riding my bike in a long time. And we were sitting there, he's telling me about a program that he was applying to uh, for occupational therapy. And he talked about how it was kind of a, it really, a combination of physical education and interaction and exercise mixed with a, psychological component and how helping people getting back to do what they want to do. So that day I went back, I went. jumped online, looked at the the labor statistics, and it seemed like a growing field. And, and I was just, I was looking for a career. I was looking for something to do um, for the rest of my life and really something to, to really sink my teeth into. Um, and, and from that day forward, I started preparing for the GRE and, and got everything together and applied to grad school. It so happened that my psychology credits, were just about to expire, uh, so I was able to transfer them. It was seven years, then they were gonna be um, obsolete. So I would I I saved myself a lot of prerequisites, and I had to take a couple of science classes, um, and then California State uh, D- Dominguez Hills is where I ended up going to school. It was I was a tour, a proud Toro, and uh, yeah, three years later I was an OT, and I never saw myself in the nursing home setting. Um, but that was the first travel position that was available when I had decided with my, my wife Jamie that we were going to move home. She had just finished up uh, grad school at University of Southern California as a physician assistant. So she was in the healthcare world as well. So we decided to move back to Rhode Island. and I ended up with a travel position and I, and I, I, I'm so thankful for it now, looking back. Um, it was a 10 week temporary program, and uh, you know I was filling in for a mat- for maternity leave. And it was there that they kept extending the contract 10 weeks to 10 more weeks to 10 more weeks. Then they signed me on full time and it was there that we were doing home evaluations. And it was every time an individual say they had a severe CVA, which is a stroke, and we just weren't sure how they were going to do upon returning home. We didn't know if they were going to be able to live in their home again. So we would oftentimes bring them home and say, all right, get up and down from your toilet. Get in and out of the shower. Get up and down from your bed. Even entering the house would be a challenge sometimes. So what we would do is we would make these wide variety of recommendations. You need this grab bar here. You need a ramp to get in. You need a stairlift to get upstairs to your only bathroom with a shower. And then, come to find out, years later, I asked... What ha- my social service director, I asked, what happens to all these recommendations that we give, these pretty reports that we make it rain with these reports and scream it from the rooftops, everything they should do, could do, or need to do? And her answer is why, why we decided to create the company. She said, well, just, we kind of hope they just have someone handy in their family. Oh, and it was that answer that really just it made my jaw drop. I, I got shivers through my body. And I said, you know, t- to no fault of your own, Christine, I said, that's just a disservice. That we're giving these people all this information and then saying good luck, see you later. So, I had no one else in mind except my now partner Michael Vieira to to wrangle into this. Um, he had a he had a nice career all set for him, a nice path ready and I just kind of threw a wrench in that and said, "Hey, it's a little something outside the box, but I think there's a, a gap in the market and there's a market gap, there's a market that needs us and there's a need in the community. So I think with our skills and knowledge combined that we can make a real difference. And, you know, fast forward six years, I have no regrets. Uh, definitely a bumpy road, uh, like any business, uh, of course. Uh, but yeah, we're, we're, we're happy that we went in that direction. It was maybe, I think a year and a half after that initial conversation that, um, I left Scallop Shell, the, the nursing home that I was working at, um, on, a, on a very good basis. Um, I, I proposed it to them that, hey, I am far more valuable out in the community um, as a resource than I am in here treating as an OT. And I told my boss, I said, you'll replace me within 10 minutes after I leave here. But out in the community, I'm... I'm very unique, so I think it was five minutes later that they replaced me after I <laughs> submit my resignation. It didn't yeah. take long, you yeah. know. There's plenty of OTs looking for work at the time, um, so yeah. Now I don't I don't practice clinically as an OT, but I I like to think I use my skills and knowledge and background as an OT just about every day uh, out in the community and and with my the interactions with my staff. That's great. I mean, um, a lot of people who. Uh,
0: you know, went to college, got an office job and have worked for an office, you know, or nine to five for the past 20 years, don't understand the feeling of having work freedom and owning your own business. Right. I mean, I'm only 20. I've only had a business for two years now, but it's something that they just don't understand. Like I've talked to people about it before and it's amazing having that experience and that freedom to just... You know, do whatever you want, whenever you want to, and not have some guy who thinks he's better than you as a boss and yep. controlling your life. You know, you control your own right. destiny and life. You do,
1: you really do, and it's it's a different mindset, you know. And it, it, it's not for everybody. Mm. It, it absolutely isn't for everybody because there's just so many variables uh, that they're not going to teach you in business school, nor when you first sought out and had the idea of the business you could never foresee all the challenges that you're going to face in a single day. You know, um, if if anybody tells you that they saw every challenge
0: coming, they're lying to you. Absolutely lying to you. And they, I, yeah, they're just lying. And it's, it's just having your own business is amazing. It, it, the life experiences that I've learned from it that I would never have learned if I didn't, you know, it, it, it just, especially like about everyday things like taxes. Right. You know, yeah. like things that you would never understand or, yeah. or even think about. Yeah. You know. You know, it's just it's just a great experience and I I have sometimes I think about what would've happened if I, you know so basically when I was in high school, yeah. I applied to University of New Haven and I got accepted within eight days. Wow. Yeah. They but they that happens with everybody. They have a great turnaround time. Okay. And, And, uh, you know, I was thinking about maybe trying to play baseball there. And the price, you know, $33,000 a Mm -hmm. year. Yep.
1: It's daunting. Yeah.
0: And then it's that. And then you got interest rates. Oh, yeah. You know, that's like 10% now for student loans. And... It's only and then and then it's thirty three thousand for that one year and it goes up like two or three grand a year mm-hmm. after that. So by the time I would have graduated, it would have been like over sixty thousand dollars total. Mm-hmm. But then with you know, with the 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 you know, forgiveness I was getting, you know, probably be like more like thirty eight grand. Okay. Yeah. And I said to myself, I'm not good enough to go to the major leagues yeah. and I can get a degree in engineering at URI and I will do the same thing. There you go. And I went to URI and And it was the best decision I ever made because it led me down this road. And it's just, uh, it's pretty awesome. So, but, uh, yeah. So I'd love to hear more about your business, you know? Oh, and the reason why I say that is because I think that's why your partner was probably happy to leave, you know, just because he wanted his own freedom and the glory of having his own business. And you guys are successful now and I'm sure he's, he, he doesn't regret it. No, You know, so, um, but yeah, uh, I'd love to hear more about your business and sure. you know when you started it and what were like the biggest initial hurdles to get over.
1: Yeah, definitely, I'll definitely share a lot about the um, our model and kind of the the process of of working with how someone incorporates uh, Oakley Home Access in their life. As far as the challenges go, the biggest challenge initially was gaining trust. In the healthcare world, in the healthcare industry, where most of the resources are built in and are very large companies that healthcare providers are relying on and utilizing. Um, And I didn't know it at the time that it was the, the trust factor. And now I'm realizing that we had to really prove ourselves that these two guys, two young guys, you know, relatively young guys... We're out doing these things, these really high-level, critical thing t- pieces of equipment into individuals' houses. Where, in it, other than us, it was only big franchises and big big box stores <clears throat> focusing. Excuse me, focusing on one of the pieces of equipment, whether it's a big box stairlift company or a big box ramp company. We were incorporating all of it. From grab bars to stair lifts to ramps, railings, DME. And when we created the company, there Max there wasn't a single person that said, Nah, I don't know if that's gonna work. Actually there was one and he's one of our best referral sources to this day. <laughs> he said he had said, Nah, there's no money in it. Nobody has any money. They can't afford this stuff. Well, he was, he was really wrong because they really, they need our stuff. They, they need our equipment. Um, and to this day, he's one of our best referral sources, but everyone would say, Max, wow, that's a great idea. You know, I'm an occupational therapist. We do a free home assessment. We let you know what you can utilize to age in place fall prevention. And then we're able to install all the items that we talk about. Wow. That's incredible. Every single person I'd talked to, I would scream that model from the rooftops, but the phone still didn't ring I couldn't I felt and it was the first year or so and I'm sure a lot of business owners tell you this that they have this idea but why what why isn't it working you know why isn't the phone ringing and my wife would say to me all the time and my partner Michael because he's on more the operational side I'm more on the development side and They'd say it takes time. It takes time. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't get it through my head. I thought we had like the cure for cancer in a bottle. And why wouldn't everyone just drink it and take it? Just take, like I have the answers. And it took me so long to realize that it's trust. We've got to prove ourselves over and over and over to incorporate, eventually incorporate that these healthcare providers would incorporate them, us, us, as an everyday resource. And that's what we've achieved one by one. There's 85 nursing homes in the state. We like to have a relationship with all of them. Mm-hmm. There's about 35 home, skilled home care companies in the state. We like to affiliate and associate with all of them. Countless physicians, we wanna associate with all of them. Looking back, now I'm incredibly grateful that any doctor has our rack card in their office. It's a doctor, it's a physician. And they have our, and they're willing to say, call these guys, they're going to help you. That Looking back at when we started the company, it's, it's wild how many referral sources and partnerships we have. Quarterly, we go on a, a little thank you pilgrimage. And if essentially, if you made the phone ring for us and told any one person about us that actually called us, you're going to get a platter of cookies or fruit, depending on your interest. Just to say a general thank you for keeping, you, keeping us on your radar... In Rhode Island, this past quarter, or this quarter coming up, we'll be visiting over 100 individual places. In Massachusetts, we're up to about 40 individual places that we'll be visiting. Some of them thought about us and, and had a patient or an individual call us once during that quarter. Some, up to 10 to 15 times, had an individual that was relevant for, for our help. So we're, we're forever grateful and just... I don't want to say surprise, but just we just embrace it. We're we're so we find ourselves so fortunate that the healthcare community has found value in our services mm-hmm. and admission paperwork, discharge paperwork. It's not uncommon for our rat card to just be sitting in there as part of the process. So we we do a lot to to try to incorporate ourselves in in the process of essentially discharge home. And then creating a safe environment so they stay home.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's a that's a big passion of ours. The aging in place, as long as safely possible. Um, so I can go. Uh, I can go through a little bit of the process of of working with us. It's it's we like to make it simple. We have a contractor number. We are registered and everything. But we we know that sometimes it's daunting when folks say, "I have to start working with a contractor." We don't want thinks, folks to think that if they call us. We're gonna start recommending or strongly encouraging knocking down walls, full renovation, additions. Oftentimes, Max is very conservative things that are going a long way. So the the process of working with us it, it starts with that rack card. You know, we got a three and a half by five inch rack card that kind of tells the whole story. It says a lot about it. It, it says a lot about what we do, um, and it says where we're located and how to contact us and. Once the healthcare provider shares that information with a client, they give us a call. We're able to get an occupational therapist out there to provide the free home assessment within 24 to 48 hours. Now, during that assessment, we can spend a half hour, but we can also spend two and a half hours in the individual homes, going room to room, anywhere that they utilize in the home, any part of that home that they use, we're going to want to, you know, make it functional, give them options to access that space and to feel comfortable. You know, a lot of times folks will say, I haven't gone up into that den because of the four stairs in years. And then we're able to, sometimes it's conservative handrails we're able to recommend. Sometimes it's an automatic stair lift that's going to get them into that room that they yearn to, to go and sew in, if it's their sewing room or their 3D printing room. You know, you never know. Yeah. Um, so after that, But no matter how long we spend on the evaluation, they're gonna get an itemized list of everything we've talked about. Anything we can recommend that we are able to incorporate into their home, we give them an itemized list that has the cost of each item. Now, there is zero pressure to get any single thing done on that list. They can say, all right, thanks for your time and see you later and never call us back. And that's okay, Um, we we wanna give out that education. And it's no charge for that. Folks all over, OTs specifically, all over the country, when we first started, were upset with me. They were genuinely upset with me for offering a free home evaluation. And now this is OTs, mind you, in a networking group that I was in nationally that were into home mods. But what they didn't have was Michael as a partner to be able to provide the installations in-house. They were referring out to all different of these big box companies but only charging for the home assessment. So me coming in and not charging for the home assessment, they couldn't understand. They mm-hmm. they said you're devaluing OTs. You're you're not giving us the the you know the the credit we deserve or you deserve for giving all that time. And I said if I charged $1 for a home evaluation, that would significantly limit the number of bathrooms I get to go in and assess and give the education for. It's all built in. I am also the construction company or the equipment company that's going to mm-hmm. do it. So it's organic. It's the assessment has to be free and it'll always be free. That'll never change. If I tar- if I charge a dollar, it would pe- has hesit- people would be hesitant to call and I know I know it. So that group, that national group, finally came around and understood my model a little bit, um, and, and they they really embrace it now um, after kind of educating them about really the why behind it and um, seeing the success of the company and seeing the success. And I <laughs> yeah. now I'm a, now I like they like to have me as a guest speaker on that because a mm. lot of the the OTs there that have been piecing it together would love. To pivot and to go the, the direction I have and I, I'm loving to offer any advice I can um, about the positive and the negatives of my model um, so so to continue with the process uh, once they have that list once they identify and we welcome them to collaborate with all their healthcare providers any loved one that's involved in the home and once they're able to indicate to us and identify what items and we have the exact item list on our end um, on file once they're able to identify what they'd like to move forward with, whether it's one thing or 20 things, maybe everything on the item list sometimes, on the recommendation list, we're able to schedule the installation from our in-house technicians. Now that's something that really separates us as well. A lot of, Most OT-based home mod companies are finding handymen, finding companies that are able to piece it together and do a job here and there. We're all in-house. We have six full-time technicians that... Are branded with all of our, um, you know, our clothing line. Our the vehicles are all branded, and they are our, our staff. They're our team. They're part of our OHA family, and they're all trained under our model to look at the situation holistically. Um, when we hire technicians, yes, if they can build a house from scratch, that helps, but they've got to be able to look someone in the eye and have a conversation and show empathy. Um, that's as important as being able to build a house with your eyes closed because um, it's a very sensitive population that we're working with. Mm-hmm. We know if the phone rings, someone's and no one can see me, but I'm I, I do a wave over my head like a tornado over my head of they've got that going on in their world. Uh, oftentimes they're in crisis mode and they're trying to get a loved one home or trying to do anything they can to keep their loved one home safely. And that's where we come in and try to make it as simple as possible. We're able to do the installations of the majority of our items within a, one to two weeks um, based on our capacity of our schedule. Some custom items take a little longer if they're uh, manufacturing overseas. Some custom, um, you'd be interested with the 3D printing. Curved stair lift is one of the, the kind of the more technical things that we'll do. Now, mm-hmm. the straight stair, picture any stairwell, right? Straight stairwell where the there's a flat, bottom floor second floor is flat straight shot up those are very simple those we can do in a couple hours we've got probably 25 of those types of um units in stock at the at the warehouse in narragansett once we get the order and one it needs to be put in we cut it to length based on the nose to floor length and we're done star contrast to curved stair lift the moment we curve picture a pie shaped stairwell the moment that curves it's no longer uh, an in-stock item and we return with a photo survey so we take about 1 to 300 photos of that stairwell 13 stairs 300 photos um, with all different sensors and then engineering for the manufacturer is able to create a curved lift the track itself that will only fit in that stairwell and no other stairwell on the planet, unless it's a modular home and it has the exact same dimensions, which mm. is very rare. Um, so that's a quite a custom project. Um, that's more like six to eight week lead time. Yeah. Um, they they do the drawings. We approve the drawings based on the setup. Um, and then they, they build that track. And that track is only going to fit at that home. Um, do you know how
0: they manufacture them?
1: Uh, it'd be a disservice if I were to start to, to tell you how yeah. it is
0: uh, I'm manufactured. To, I'm curious to see how they make those.
1: Yeah, I'm sure there's some molds involved, and um, but yeah, they've been doing curved stairless for quite a long time. Um, but they've come a long way as yep. far as the amount of space that they take up, uh, the different power features, uh, and things like that. But it's, it's a very sleek design, um, for what it does, so yeah, you can, um can come by. We've got some models. We've got some samples in the showroom, and um, I, I imagine my partner Michael would be able to tell you a little more technically about how they are actually made. Yeah. Um, but it is quite the process. Uh, they they ship them overseas from the Netherlands, and uh, we get them about two months later, and then we're able to install them. Our own technicians in house are able to install them. So after we do any of the the installations, uh, whether it's a grab bar or a curved stairlift, um, our technicians are all very, um, knowledgeable to train the individual and any caregivers that are going to be using the equipment and how to functionally, um, safely use the equipment. So, um, it's, it's a full service company. It's holistic. We're looking at the whole situation. We're never just going to plug in equipment because, Ooh, that sterile, will fit there. So let's sell it. It's all about the person and whether it's going to be functional for them, um, versus just making a sale. So we, We will often say, um, you know, we're not selling anything. We're educating, you know, about the equipment that exists. um, And then we can incorporate into your life if you so choose. Um, So when it comes down to it, business to business, it's sales. So we have it's it it feels not right to say because we're occupational therapists, but they are taking on a sales role. Mm -hmm. It is direct sales. But never do they feel like they're selling anything. We don't put them through sales training, but we educate them all about the equipment, front to back, about what it is, um, and how we can incorporate it into folks' lives in different situations. And then organically, as occupational therapists, they're so well-versed in the human body and how it interacts with its environment that they can safely make recommendations that are adequate so it's ethical it's moral it's uh we feel really good about it and it, it feels very rewarding um never do folks feel like we're trying to sell them anything which is which is really good it's it's really the big part of our model
0: nice very interesting so i'm curious to hear so you say you work with uh, a lot of healthcare providers yes, as well absolutely so what's the difference between having that healthcare provider list you and then selling to an individual, like how would you approach that differently?
1: So technically I want to clarify that the healthcare provider, we wouldn't wouldn't be selling them anything. They wouldn't sign up with us for anything. So that's the beauty of it that I really had to uh, really emphasize when I was going door to door to nursing homes. And I'm glad you asked because – there's no contract with us mm-hmm. it's a rack card that can be in your drawer in the admissions paperwork or on your desk in a rack card holder there's no pressure there's no contract there's no exclusivity we're simply an option in the community so the way a healthcare provider and i'll say quote unquote signs up with us is incorporating us using us as a resource saying hey these guys might be able to help. So that's no pressure. If they get any negative feedback, they can throw away our rack cards and never have folks call us again. That's never happened. They end up, once they get, we always say once they tell us, once they tell one person about us and they end up using us, that's when the floodgates open and they start incorporating us in their program. Now, the individuals, that's when we are technically doing the direct selling. to. They are the ones that are Give, entering in, uh, you know, uh, a, a financial engagement. You know, they are giving us money for the services. Um, the rare times we will be um, exchanging money with a actual facility, a healthcare mm-hmm. provider. We've done grab bars and equipment in their bathrooms, uh, in all the patient bathrooms. We've done plenty of grab bars and things like that. We've set up. Um, what we've done before is set up our entire conservative approach, which is a few grab bars, mobile shower head, um, a tub transfer bench, and some grab bars by the toilet. We've done that in a variety of uh, skilled nursing facilities in their bathroom so they can show patients what's available and what modifications they could make to their own bathroom. Um, so it's a, it's a good question as far as the marketing aspect, that is where the contrast comes in. Mm-hmm. When I'm marketing to a healthcare provider, I can do that in my sleep that they see the moment we say it's an OT run company partnered with a construction expert contractor. That's when they say, wow, because the interacting, the the introducing the OT into the equipment portion is what's unique about us. There's plenty of equipment companies. None of them are as medically minded as ours and healthcare focused. So that's the differentiator. Healthcare providers love us. It's easy to market to healthcare providers. Less often, but still a high priority for us, is that end user. So marketing to the end user, it's generally during health and wellness fairs. And we have a little booth set up. And we have our equipment and we have some folders. We were just up at uh, Laurel Mead up in East Providence, which is a wonderful place. Wonderful independent living um, uh, place there all the time they will say the individual 70 80 years old walking around uh, you know still participating in silver sneakers uh, programs walking miles a day swimming oh well i don't need this yet that's always the answer and the response from ours so far less there's a stigma to some of the equipment so the education that we do with the end user the folks that will actually be utilizing our services is the proactive the this stuff is for comfort and convenience it's not because you need it it's just going to help you age in place and it's normal to do it mm-hmm. so that's the soft the it's really soft marketing to the end users themselves max 90 90 of the time it's crisis management it's something happened whether it's your your grandmother your your great-grandmother had an accident, had an event, a fall, mm. hip surgery, CVA, traumatic brain injury, the, the the countless different things could happen, and it's it's that loved one calling, yeah. and, and saying, they need this, can you come out and let us know what we can do? I have no clue. That's where we were able to shine. Um, we want that 10% of the proactive call for say two grab bars in the shower, we want that number to grow. And it has grown over the years. It was maybe one percent of our calls were proactive before anything's happened. I need two grab bars to feel safer in the shower. Rarely now, because of all the education we do in the community with the YMCA's, all the senior centers, mm-hmm. um, we're in all the health and wellness fairs. We're really getting ahead of it, and we're we're getting equipment in folks' homes before a fall happens. So that's really our passion. We like the two grab bar job, as much as we do the whole home, two stair lift, giant ramp uh, job. We like the two grab bar job just as much because it means our point is getting across and it's all about the prevention. Yeah. Um, so, And those folks know, if they need anything in the future, we always say, we always share and we're very transparent. You now, once you've introduced us into your situation, you have a home safety team of experts on Retainer for Life. Yeah. We we hope to not go anywhere, um, and we'll always have your file on record, and we can come back out and address any of the other things we talked about, or if function has changed, which over the years is common, we're happy to provide another free home assessment and then come up with a fresh set of recommendations and go from there. Um, so folks really... we We have folks you know, each week we'll go to a home and it'll be like, wow, Mike, remember me and you did that job ourselves. We used to go to the evaluations together and then the installations together. Mm -hmm. I think I I documented the first 250 evaluations. We, I, I say, I joke that we held hands and did it together. And then the first about 120 or so installations we did together. So I was a very underqualified secondhand assistant. Um, I'd mainly be on the phone all the time trying to do emails and, and make connections uh, mm-hmm. to make the phone ring um, when he'd need needing me to get tools and things like that and hold the grab bars in place. Yeah. So we learned each other's side of things a lot during that first year yeah. uh, when we were out in the field together. But I'll tell you from a business standpoint, um, that, and that's, a, that's what I talk to business owners a lot, that first hire. I wanted to tell you about Team Von Flatern.
0: Now, Jeremy, their production manager, has been full-time in the mortgage industry for over 15 years. He specializes in finding the right loan options for his clients and guiding the borrower through the process, focusing a swift and successful conclusion to their home buying or refinancing journey. Jeremy prides himself as a person who works with integrity and in the best interest of the customer. You'll be also receiving help from the amazing Stephen Hawes, Amon Daniels, and smith and Bartley. So guys, make sure to go out and support Team Von Flaarden if you're looking to get your house refinanced or you're buying a house and need a mortgage. So guys, thanks for stopping by the podcast today.
1: Bringing on that first person, that first help is a big jump. And it's a, but I'll tell you, when we hired Michael Sullivan, who's still with us. He's now one of our, our lead technicians. He's part of upper management. When, I hire, when we hired him as the second hand, as an assistant to Mike, because Mike would still be out in the field, of course. The moment that I was able to put on the schedule, an installation and an evaluation, because those are the two main parts of our operations, the two events. At the same time, both of them going on... Um, simultaneously at 9 a.m. on a Monday, it just opened my eyes to the possibilities mm-hmm. of, of productivity, mm-hmm. of the amount of product we can put out in the community, and how efficient we can be. When because before it was all that was happening only at once, we were together the whole time. So when I was out at an evaluation and they were installing grab bars, it was like boom, mind blown. Finally uh, of what we can yeah. do. Yep. and. Now you open up our Google calendar and it's a rainbow and everyone's got a color and there's 12 different entities uh, and teams involved. So we'll have, sometimes we'll have four evaluations going on at the same time between the four of us that can be out in the community. We'll 99% of the time we have three installations going on at the same time. Three teams of two are out there in the community. So now we potentially can have seven events going on at the same time. That all of that goes into our wheel mm-hmm. to keep it go around. So it is just it's it's remarkable to look back and and um, to see all of our growth. We're really really so fortunate um, and feel really blessed to to be where we are at now. Um, and we only want to grow more. We're we're still hiring we could take on another technician to help with service and repair yep. um and we're even hiring a third person in our office we have we have two we have an office manager and an assistant office manager uh we're looking at a very phone focused customer service representative uh to start fielding some more of the calls so um yeah we're uh we're very happy with how things are going but not to say there haven't been a lot of challenges of course yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> so it, it's interesting cuz i actually did contact your company. Oh, no um, I think it was last week. So I have an uncle who is just about 80. Okay. And he lives over in the... Um, the There's a facility in Hopkinton, right off of Route 3 near okay. the town hall. Okay. And he fell out of his chair. Okay. Yeah. And he... Um, you know, it's tough for him to get in and out of it. So Understood. we needed yeah. one of those, those tilting chairs. Yes. And I called... Oakley Home Access. Okay. And um, the, I can't remember her name, but.
1: It was either Caitlin or Sydney. I think it was Caitlin. Okay. um,
0: yeah. And my mother had just called me and told me, you know, what happened. And they're looking for a chair. And she asked me if I knew anybody. Yes. And I said, yes. I met okay. Justin at. The, yes. um,
1: Chamber of Commerce. Yes. yes.
0: At the First Friday Coffee yes. at uh, Elite Indoor Gun Range. Yes. And um, I said, let me call them and see what they can do and i called and i said you know this is what happened my mom just called me can i give you her phone number and mm-hmm. then can you call the call her and she said yes and she okay. called my mom and i don't think it ended up working out because of the the insurance company that okay. he has yep. um but very helpful you know right. it, it something that i have never done before right and why would you seamless? Yeah, seamless. You and, guys did an amazing job, and we didn't even get anything from you.
1: And that's what we hear a lot. That's what we really pride ourselves on. Is even if we can't help you directly, we're gonna we're gonna try to give you all the information you we have to be able to point you in the right direction or to be transparent about how we can or cannot help. And, and then we get that call every day that we don't know even really why we're calling. We just need help. And then, so we have questions that we ask on intake to help kind of figure out for the, help navigate the situation and steer the individual in the right direction. So sometimes folks get the most value when we say no, and we do not do that, but Mm -hmm. here's how we can help and here's who can help you with that. Um, So I hope they pointed you in the right direction and um, the, and don't give yourself a hard time, Max. Folks, every day. We'll say, we we work with some folks that have built their own house. And then we talk about, oh, well, we'll put a ramp here. And then if we turn it here, we can access it here. And folks say, oh, my God, why didn't I think of that? I should have known that. And we we look at them very candidly and we say, who cares? Who cares about this equipment until it matters? Until you need this equipment, it's Mm -hmm. not on it anyone's radar. So I say that in jest. Who cares? It's it's very important. But meaning, don't give yourself a hard time. I don't know about your industry. Why would you know about all the ins and outs of this industry of until you need it, you don't care about it. And I don't give anyone a hard time about that. Why would you know about that type of stuff until you're in it and living it? That's why we exist. And that's why we're able to educate and just answer all the questions, you mm-hmm. know, and make everyone feel more comfortable about things that they've never heard of. Folks will have clients call all the time and say, yeah, my therapist said I need a stair lift. What the heck is that? And that's our job to make them comfortable about it give them their options, have them come down to the showroom if they want to try it out, um, and just make them feel comfortable in an otherwise very challenging situation. Yeah. So well, I thank you for calling. Yeah, and no problem.
0: <laughs> I, I especially think it's tough because a lot of people, and it's unfortunate, they just don't want to. It. It's admitting. Oh, you've need. got it. And, and like you said earlier, yeah. it's, it's very sad, and it's not. It, nobody wants to force that upon somebody. No, you're right. And it's very tough. Um, but so I'm curious to hear, you know, what type of uh, marketing has been most successful for you guys over the
1: years? It's a great question, and it's an easy answer: uh, direct information sharing with healthcare providers. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, we love digital marketing. We send out blogs once to twice a month. To now, I think we have maybe between three and 4,000 um, individuals on our mailing list. You'll probably be on it next month. Uh, we, 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 I collected your card, so ah. you'll, you'll be on it, whether you like it or not. Easy to unsubscribe, though, if yeah. you're not interested. Um, but yes, so we'll absolutely do that. Very strong on social media. We, we love to have a nice, strong social media mm-hmm. presence. We like to give a lot more education about the industry versus buy this grab bar, buy this stairlift. So we're very conscious about that. It's the education with the healthcare providers. The first thing I would do is walk right into a healthcare. And now times have changed. So we've pivoted a lot. And remember, I'm not, I wasn't, my background's not a business person. My background isn't sales. I've never sold directly anything. Mm-hmm. So I used my healthcare background and I, I always joke. I said, I, I would sniff out the gym when I worked into a nursing home. So before pre, pre COVID, you could walk into a nursing home as if you were a visitor of any of the residents. Of course. And, and I would always say, as a therapist, I could sniff out and, find, and know exactly, just by walking in there, where the rehab gym was. So I'd find the rehab gym. I'd have my little stack of rack cards that said occupational therapist and contractor and then all the equipment. And then I'd find the rehab director or any rehab uh, personnel in there, and I'd give them the card. And I'd say, this is who I am, this is what we do. And they'd say, whoa, wait, 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 you're an OT doing this? i say, yes. i say, we speak the same language, we have the same goals. I was working directly where you are at Scallop Shell, and they'd all know Scallop Shell. And, and I'd say, I saw the need in the, in the community. So that's step one. Number two is getting the entire staff to buy in at that one place. So getting them literature and then getting an in-service. That's, uh, we call that top of the mountain. If I can get, give me five minutes to an hour and anything in between, I'm going to educate your team about how you can incorporate Oakley Home Access in your model to help your patients. And that's all it is. We show the value by how we can help. And then the phone rings and and we become incorporated in their day to day. And, And that's the big success. So it's that we call it info drops. Information drops cold sometimes. And then that in-service is the best piece of marketing that we can mm-hmm. do. Um, and then it's it's keeping that, maintaining that relationship through the, the blogs, through the newsletters, through, you know, daily social media posts. LinkedIn, Instagram, uh, and Facebook is primarily where we're our yeah. outlets. Um, And then, uh, you know, a lot of work and as much information as possible on our website. We really want to answer a lot of folks' questions on the website. Of course. Um,
0: Marketing is is very interesting. Um, I feel, you know, like I've said this before, is transparency is is huge, I think, in modern business because there's that lack of, um, you know, door-to-door selling now. So having all that information available online and education is something that is passed over by so many different businesses. Yes. And I especially see it in, in, in um, um, energy companies. Okay. Okay. For example. So let's say, you know, you're looking to get solar and you look up, you know, energy near me, energy companies near me or something, and you look on a website and you have... And I see this with a lot of energy companies is, I don't know, I just for me surfing the web is you just don't understand what they're doing. And I... And I think a lot of energy companies do that on purpose, but um, it's just something that is passed over a lot, and that's why, like, on my from my business yes. standpoint, I have a YouTube channel. I have, I think, thirty five videos up there, there now. Go. Good. And I and I'm still trying to push out content. Good. And uh, because a lot of people, I mean, I've gotten when I told somebody that I did three D printing, they asked me what kind of ink that that I used. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that. That makes me reevaluate and say okay not everybody knows what 3d printing Mm -hmm. is they've heard the term 3d printing before but really the technical term you know sort of like you know how animals have a scientific term it's additive manufacturing okay excellent is the real term for 3d printing and the reason behind that is because you know there's actually subtractive manufacturing as well you have additive and subtractive manufacturing additive is when you start with nothing and you end up with something, yes. right? You're adding yep. 3D printing. You're you're drawing it out layer by layer, stacking it, you know, with the plastic. Yeah. Whereas CNC is something that is subtractive manufacturing because you start with a block of of aluminum, mm-hmm. and there's a there's a router that goes in there, a CNC router, a router not like for Wi-Fi, like sure. a drill bit, like a drill bit. You yeah, know, for people course. that don't know. Yeah, that that you know is controlled by a computer and and coding, uh, that. That cuts out the piece mm-hmm. out of what you have. It's it's almost like, oh man, what are those um what are those things that you have, um that spins? You know what I'm talking about you like have, a conveyor uh, belt. Well, ones, no, like, like it, it spins and you can. Oh my God! Why am I forgetting the name of it? But it, it like, you see a lot of, you know, chess pieces made out of it, and you have like that that metal thing that you stick. Oh, on uh,
1: like a grinder, like a. <sighs> no. Yeah. Oh my God! I Are you grinding, not a grinding wheel. No, no. no somebody,
0: somebody is screaming at me right now at the top of their lungs. Probably but, a lot of people. Yeah. yeah. But um, you know, it's almost like that. You have like this block of wood, and you're subtracting. Yep. You know, out.
1: Like a like you're a sculptor. Yeah, exactly. You know, like you're sculpting.
0: Exactly. Absolutely. And, um. To be able to educate people on the differences of that you know there's traditional prototyping there's rapid prototyping yeah. which is what i do um although it may not seem rapid to some people because you know designing on a laptop or on a computer through computer yeah. automated design can take a while yeah depending on what you want and a lot of times you know you're you're going from design to design and doing yeah. improvements and things like that and you know a lot of people don't like the first iteration you have sure. so i always say lead times two weeks to a month and most of the time it's longer than that. Okay,
1: okay. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting you say that uh, about the, the the types of 3D printing are uh, what rings true is um, in our industry is the the ramp manufacturing. It's yeah. 100% aluminum. Yeah. Um so they will have different molds set up for all the items that they make and they're starting off with just straight up raw aluminum. Yeah. And that's what they're manufacturing and they We buy thousands of feet of this ramp and all the accessories that go along with it, and that starts off as raw aluminum. And it was the first time ever, because of, of course, supply chain issues uh, that are where everyone's currently experiencing. They had said to us, and we'd never heard that over the six years. um, He's like, we're actually waiting for the raw material. The raw aluminum is what we're we're short on right now. It's not staff. It's not the the end material it's not the freight it's we're waiting on aluminum like the raw aluminum to start with mm-hmm. where then they would melt it down and get it into that that 3d print so it's yeah. uh it that was interesting that, that's why i picture the closest in in our industry as that uh the 3d printing yeah uh,
0: well i'm i'm sure that there might even be some parts on some items that you sell that are 3d printed that you don't even know of because it, uh, you can't 3d print in metal believe wow. it or not Understood, it's yeah. called dlms direct la- direct laser metal sintering wow it's a mouthful yeah but it's and it's insanely expensive but sometimes when you need custom parts yeah and you only need one-offs like with with the curved stairs yes um, it's very more you know price efficient because the alternative is traditional forging and using big machines and that's a lot more expensive than than DLMS I,
1: so I, I imagine is what, that's where your mind went with yeah. the curved stairlift is yeah. that they utilize DLMS yeah uh, I definitely would not have been able to pull out that term for you and yeah. I don't even think Michael would have been able to either so, so well, well <laughs> yeah. that's it's so funny because yeah.
0: I don't I never thought you know, when I was in high school that I'd be interested in manufacturing, Yeah, it's different. but the process it's, the process is so cool and interesting.
1: It's design. It is. As much as it is
0: because there's, there's totally, there's, the industry is moving. It's changing okay. to additive and you know, there are different types of 3d printing. The main type of printing I do is called FDM fused deposition modeling. That's different than DLMS because Uh, So, basically, the printers I have, it starts with, you know, you look, you see the spools of filament. Yes. Right? It's a wire, basically, of plastic. And that plastic is fed into the 3D printer through a bearing and a gear that pushes it onto a hot end. And it basically works like a hot glue stick, like a hot glue gun. And it shoots out the melted plastic, and it uses a series of stepper motors to move that hot end into the shape, basically, and it draws it out layer by layer and stacks it then you have dlms which is different so you have basically a bucket full of finely you know powdered down metals yeah so it's basically sand but titanium or aluminum or things like that and it uses a mirror and a laser and the laser then shoots down onto that that powder yeah and draws it out and then there's like a little platform that wipes it clean, starts the next layer and draws the other one. So the wow. layering process is all the same in 3D printing. It's just the, how it goes about doing it, whether it's melting plastic, whether it's using a laser. And then there's also SLA, which is stereolithography, which was the first type of 3D printing that was invented in 1984. Um, and that uses a liquid base photopolymer resins, basically. Okay. And uh, you pour it into a vat and then there's an LCD panel underneath it. And then, you know, that well, there's, but then there's different ways of an SLA machine working. I this is probably very boring to some people. No, but no, this but is your world. <laughs> but it's it's amazing. And I don't even know how I got off into this tangent, but when I start talking about 3D printing, it's kind of insane. Yeah, and, and that's
1: my, good. It's very it shows a lot of passion and it
0: shows that there's a lot of content to to talk about. Oh my gosh. It's it's incredible and um, it's funny because a lot of people so like computer automated design is a very niche market yes and there are a lot of people that do it but there's a lot of people that aren't good at it i would say i'm i'm okay at it okay i'm learning things every day good that's all you can that's transparency yeah Yeah. and i'm not going to tell you right now that i'm an expert in cad but i do know experts in cad uh who can help me out in designing things and the designing process um and it's very interesting because i have friends that you know, I switched to business, uh, for this next semester in college. Yeah. I was at for engineering and I have friends that are still in engineering. They're going into their senior year. Yeah. And they have barely used CAD and they are $70,000 in debt.
1: Yeah. They haven't even
0: touched the scratch. surface. I'm of it. like, I'm like, could you even like design a chess piece? And they're like, absolutely not. No. And I'm, and you're just, ahead of that. And yeah. I'm like, like, you know, I did take a class at CCRI for it, but, yep. I mean, I knew how to do most of it already. Okay, going Because, because even that class was, like, supremely basic, yep. you know, squares with fillets and cham- chamfers and yeah. things like that. And, you know, there were some assemblies that I might have had trouble with because I don't do a lot of assemblies. So, it's like, basically when you have uh, a design that has multi-parts. So, like, this mouse, for example you might design the outer shell of a computer mouse on a different file than the inside. Okay. So then, you know, you design the assembly so that you can go in there, you know, you make an assembly file, and then those two parts, You so let's say the front right of it mm-hmm. is a point on the, on the mouse. So then you have the design, and you're able to say, all right, from this origin point, I want them to line up, and then the pieces go together perfectly. And that's basically what an assembly, how an assembly works on on CAD. That's a very simple version. Yeah. Of it. But um, I wasn't great at that, and I'm still learning that. I mean, anybody that tells you they're an inventor of SolidWorks, uh, they're they're you know, they know everything about yeah. SolidWorks or Fusion or something like that. They either invented it or they've been doing it their whole lives. Yeah. So I was going to say it's anything probably an in between. Yeah. They're they're not. They they don't. You know. Yeah. And there's so many different things. There's that you learn in, in, in design and, and especially on a computer it's crazy and it's in depth oh yeah and it's and that's why it's so expensive right absolutely you know i'm on the actually more cost-efficient end. that's what i like to say okay. cost-efficient cost-efficient yeah you know because there are companies that charge upwards of two hundred dollars an hour wow okay. for cad services right. which is insane yeah. i don't charge that
1: <laughs> but uh yeah so that's enough about me uh well no, back to I, I did have a follow-up yeah. question about you you mentioned uh education and all the video content that yeah. you put out have you addressed that i'll say maybe from from your perspective a kind of quote-unquote stupid question of what type of ink do you use have Have you uh kind of titled a video uh, i about have not that, to address that because i think if someone had the question than other people may have had and they may have just not had the uh they may not have been uh had the courage to ask you to in in light of sounding stupid um so perhaps titling one what type of ink do i use during that yeah and addressing that obviously there is no ink and the materials that you do use that might be a funny video might might be be. a funny video you can shed some light on it and say hey you're not alone. If you thought, if you're wondering what type of ink I may use. Uh, and, and of course everyone in your industry would laugh because there's no, you know, obviously no ink, but, um, if, if one person had the, that's one thing I'm trying to, to gather now for, as I kind of put together a content calendar for 2022 is what are our most commonly asked questions, uh, when it comes to home modifications and It'll be my job in, in video content and social posts and all that to to address those questions. Yeah. Because we know our business front to back. You clearly know your business front to back. And and I can tell but you
0: this, I'm still learning things every day. Of and course. there are people much more knowledgeable. And there's different types of 3D printing you can get into. I'm on the much more prototyping side, cool. 3D printing on demand. There are people that are massively into cosplay. Okay. Like there's this guy who I want to have on the podcast, uh, but uh, fortunately he had COVID and he couldn't make it. Um, but his name's uh, is Frankly Bill on YouTube, and I think okay. you should check him out. I will, and he has a f- like over three hundred thousand subscribers right now, and he deserves it because yeah. the content he's put out. He's built full working Iron Man sh- suits. Which wow. When I mean, working, yeah. you can You know yeah. they they have he has like the Infinity Gauntlet. And all the stones I don't know, you ever seen the Avengers? All the stones light up. Oh wow. (laughs) And he has the ion blasters in his hands that light up. And his mask in the helmet he has a switch in his hand so that yeah. he could just be standing here and he clicks a switch and the mask sh- sh- opens, up. Up, wow. opens, oh, up opens up opens opens up so that you could see his face wow. and yeah it's it's incredible like you have people like that then you have people that approach it more from an engineering standpoint like this other guy that I know 3D printer academy who puts out videos he he 3D prints bridges and shows oh, wow. you you like know the, the different forces yeah, yeah of the bridges and how You know, a truss bridge works or uh, a suspension bridge works. Mm. And why these are designed this way is how the arch is the most, you know, is the strongest type of, you know, shape. You know, you see it a lot in Roman architecture.
1: That's really good education for DOT, Department of Transportation, and all the civil engineers and all that. that You know,
0: what's funny is is I, I hear people complain, you know, they say the Romans built roads that have lasted a thousand years. Yeah. And modern day um you know, road builders can't right. build, build a road that lasts 10 years. Well, the Romans didn't have 100,000 pound Vehicles. 18 wheelers driving down there. No, they did not. So I give the engineers a little credit on that. You know, the Romans. Got to give they, them a pass. Yeah. The yeah. horse and carriage is yeah. a little different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're looking at, you know, with the horses and everything that maybe like. 2,500, 3,000 pounds max on something that's insanely
1: heavy on the roads. We got some serious freight yeah. going at some serious velocity yeah.
0: as well. Yep. yep, yep. And you also have the, the crashes. I mean, I'm sure that hurts the roads
1: sometimes. And Absolutely. Things in like different that.
0: climates everywhere. Exactly. There's a
1: lot of a lot of variables. Exactly. Yeah, I guess you got to give them some credit.
0: Yeah, but I have another question yeah, for anything. you in terms of hiring employees. Yeah. And this is something that I ask a lot of different business owners is what is – what is an efficient way? Cause now it seems like the business has to sell to the employee because Sometimes, of yeah. because of all the benefits that are being offered. Right. Um, so how do you guys go about hiring employees and what do you look for in an employee?
1: So one of the big pieces that, that we look for is passion and empathy. And now that goes from the first person who's going to answer the phone to the person who's going to do our marketing and create relationships with healthcare providers, the especially the folks going into the homes to do assessments all the way to the installers that I had, I had touched on before. If an individual can head down and build a house, but can't interact with an individual and, and kind of be on the same page and provide empathy um, about what that person's going through, then it's not a fit for Oakley home access and, and, and it, it doesn't take long to figure that out. It's usually a few minutes into an interview, we can kind of tell if it's going to be a fit or not. Um, and it, it is challenging to, to find people that are going to be a fit. Um, we've had a lot of folks that want to change careers, um, and we are just very transparent about what the roles are how it's definitely a niche industry. Um, We may present present challenges that they have not experienced before, and I'm talking about on the technician side of things. However, it's a lot less laborsome physically on individuals' backs. So for the, the, the contractors out there, for the construction workers out there, we always say, you know, you only have so many roofs in you in mm-hmm. your back and you can only frame so many so much before your back gives out so this is a nice pivot our pos- our technician positions a nice pivot from building houses to kind of now a little more heavy on the the uh, client interaction um and you'll u- use your physically the weight of your body a little less um and it's a little more technical so also it's a stark contrast when you build a home, you may be or, or do a big renovation, you may be with experienced an individual customer every day from one to you know six months a year. This is four different families potentially in a day mm-hmm. that you'll be interacting with. So a lot more quantity, um, shorter time, but you only get that you get a shorter time to leave the impression. Um, so I think to answer your question directly, sense of empathy and really a passion about what we're doing we when we interview folks yes i I absolutely want to validate what you said about having to sell yourself because we absolutely love to share our passion and 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 share with folks what we're all about what our goals are and, and how we attack those goals and how we hit them head on and how we do it as a as a team and as a family and if that's not a fit for folks, it's it's pretty apparent uh, if they don't want to buy into our passion um, and expressing that empathy. We, we ask every every interview, we'll ask if they have any, any experience working with the elderly or disabled popula- folks with disabilities. And you know what? The technicians, 100% of the time, the answer's been no, but every single one. Of them, that the six of them that are on staff right now, gave a little personal story, a little something. Your interaction with your your eighty year old uncle and your mother. That would have been a you're hired, or you're a candidate, Mm -hmm. because you were able to share with us how you, for lack of a better word, give a you care. You know, and I don't want to I don't want to swear on. The no, podcast, that's OK. But, uh, are we sensory? Are we able to? <laughs> you, you can say no. it. You can say it. I'll just put explicit up on. So the- we, we the big thing about us is you got to give a shit. Yeah, you got to care. Um, and, and that is very clear oftentimes uh, with individuals. So um, th- they know going in how passionate we are and it's they got to know that we're gonna you're gonna bring the passion if you want to work for us and um the technicians embrace it our whole staff we're a staff of 14 now um and everyone embraces our model and and how we're just trying to help people um so yeah it's it is challenging finding help we use indeed Mm -hmm. um is probably our most successful uh way to find folks um we get a lot of applicants for our positions, um, but it, it's hard to get an interview because we, we look at experience, um, and we, yeah, we, we really, we really try to filter out a, a lot. So yeah, yeah. Help is, is everything. And we're all about our people. So we're, we're so, so fortunate to have a great group of people right now. Yeah.
0: So, so you guys are hiring. Right we now. are
1: hiring. We were, we would take on a customer service representative, yeah. so First one's on the phone. So remember, like the nice story you shared about calling in, you're, you're getting calls from all angles. It may not be the home run. I, Hi, I'd like to book a home free home safety assessment. That's a home run. That's exactly our model. That's the, the goal of a lot of the phone calls. Most oftentimes, they're not even knowing what they're calling. That for. is the most satisfying <laughs> thing.
0: When somebody emails me and says, here I need are the, the files. <laughs> I want them printed in this color, in yeah. this quantity.
1: Send me a quote, but it's there, the I, I, more commonly it's what do you do and how can you help me? I yeah. think you can help. Yeah. Can you with this? And it's, I bet you love when it's a yes, that's exactly yeah. what I do and yeah. it's music to your ears, but probably oftentimes it's education about what exactly you do and maybe a referral somewhere else, or maybe, you know, come to the determination that you can help, but, but you had to, you know, labor over it perhaps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, we're usually able to help most folks. Um, and if not, We've got a huge community board and in our software, we have a wide variety of resources um, that we're able to help people with. So now in our software, if anybody asks for custom 3D printing, Max, you're, you're our referral. So we'll <laughs> be happy to refer. Thank uh, you. Uh, do you do like model model homes, every type thing, model rooms I with can. your through the CAD? That's... It's it's
0: something, again, that's niche. Yeah. It might be a little bit more expensive than people right. are thinking it's going to sure. be. Um, Because you, you're looking at like, so you know, who Frank Karpowitz is very, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, he's a yeah. local architect, yeah. actually. He's getting so he's getting a lot of free press because I talked about him on the we last podcast, yeah, too. Yeah. Might have to just send him a bill and see there what you're he says, <laughs> mm-hmm. but yeah. but great guy. But, um, we actually did a 3D printed model of the Matty Potts field. I don't know if you're familiar with the Matty Potts Foundation, yes, yes. yes. So, they're building a field house, um, over at the high school, and we 3D printed the model of that field house for that type for of thing is, is
1: right what i'm thinking of yep. yeah
0: and uh the the process is he already had the design good so an architect designed it and then he was able from the software he uses was able to send me a, an stl file which is what you need to 3d print great and so that's basically all the process that had to work is i'd have to say hey frank this is what the place looks like do you think you can do a quick thing uh, i think the the software is literally called sketch Uh, no, it's, yeah, it's called SketchUp. SketchUp, okay. So, um, basically, I just say, hey, Frank, here's some pictures of the room. Do you think you can do just a rough drawing of it, something that I can print? Mm. And then from there, you know, he'd have a service fee, and then I would just 3D print it, because I don't have, I mean, I have SketchUp on this computer, but Mm -hmm. it's, um... It basically just gives me the ability to view the files he sends view, me to open them and yeah. view them. Yeah, yeah. So I can't really use it because I don't the pay way, for and
1: it. I'm always looking at angles of working together. And as as we grow and, and kind of really um, you know become a, a, a name in the community for for accessibility in our small, you know, our niche, um, our dream would be to be incorporated into a development where let's say a uh, 55 plus a community where they're going up all the time. They're, mm. they're being built and developed all the time. OTs around the country scream from the rooftops. Why don't you incorporate OTs when you're building these? We from a straight business and profitability model, which, you know, we, we look at sometimes is nope. Keep building them the way you are because there's always three, $4,000 work within each unit. Yeah. that we can do because of the shortcomings with accessibility. Yeah, We cut the tubs. We add all the grab bars in the right places. We add handrails and things like that. When we look at it from a, a holistic standpoint and a, and a general well-being of the world standpoint, we really want them to come to us in the development stage and say, how can we better design this? How can we make this more accessible for individuals? Because when we go to a community and there may be a 100 townhouses or condos in a 55 plus community when we go into one we now have a blueprint for all of them Mm -hmm. and we end up going in and doing dozens of evaluations and doing the same exact recommendations we'd love to be brought in on that front end of that design stage and offer what we could you know offer as a design and not even build it let the builders do it but that's where you would come in if we were ever brought into that is being able to custom 3D print, maybe one of those bathrooms that yeah. we think would be a fit for folks. And then you can physically see, you know, at a certain scale, the space required for everything, the wider doorways, the accessible tub and all that. So I, I think there's a there's a market for you in the, um, cool. the design stage of, and that to mention, all, of course, the 55 plus settings that are that are going up everywhere, but also as they design assisted livings facilities, which is, needs to be very accessible. And oftentimes there's a lot of shortcomings after they develop those because they don't always, you know, ask for the education and and, the consulting from the proper professionals. Um, And a lot of times occupational therapists are forgotten, but we're doing a lot of work to kind of spread awareness that OTs can really be a, a big part of building when it comes to accessibility and being inclusive and universal design for everyone. So, um, a big certification that educates folks from all industries is a certified aging in place specialist. Um, the caps course, that's a big certificate that brings together a lot of disciplines and it kind of, it screams true how OTs are, are, can really be, um, a leader in, in the the field in the design phase of it. So,
0: so, um, you ever hear of uh Something Fishy? You Ever hear of that company? Yes, absolutely. So you guys you guys run into them
1: a lot. There's something Fishy, we worked I worked with Something Fishy. They did the aquarium, I believe, at Scallop Shell okay. uh, Nursing Home. So my son, he's seven now. He was, he was. I remember him as a two-year-old running around the nursing home, and he that would be his favorite part of yeah. the, uh, the of them. The only reason why I bring
0: that up is because yeah. he does a lot of work at nursing homes too. at Harrington. Yes. He yes. was actually my first guest on the podcast. Oh no way! Okay, he yeah. is. Yeah. So I met him. He was. Um, my so in high school we had this class called Incubator, and that's really where I got exposed to entrepreneurship in yeah. the first place. Is, is a class basically like Shark Tank. It's a good the name, whole year yeah. you would go in and create your own business and at the end of the year you would present to some business owners about your business and then they pick a winner out of the yeah. group of kids. And Kurt was our group mentor and that's how I, I still am con- in contact with him today and yeah. they're they're actually expanding. Okay. Which is gonna be incredible. Uh the yeah, new I spot. See, like, trucks
1: everywhere. Yeah, now,
0: yeah. Kurt is an awesome guy, and I I just thought I'd ask if you knew him, uh, you knew the company. Well, only yeah. from working at yeah. Scallop Shell yeah.
1: and him coming in and servicing the tank. The fish tank. guy. Yeah, the fish guy coming yeah. in and yeah. um, adding new ones was always fun. And, uh, yeah, my, my son, he'd, he'd beeline it straight to that uh, aquarium every, yeah. every time. I, but that's a nice niche to be able to get into the nursing yeah. home setting. Wow, yeah. that's, that's good for him. Yeah, you know? I mean – so we had
0: this idea in high school. It's called a personal observatory, and it was basically a telescope that uh, you know, recorded what it was seeing. It was controlled with your phone, mm-hmm. and it could automatically uh, move to star correlations and the moon and things like that. Very cool. And it was all controlled through your phone. And he actually had mentioned, you know, this would be great to have at nursing homes because it's a great thing to look at. You know, have like live feed of mm. of the stars above them, and you could have it mounted on a roof or something, and just like how fish tanks, you know, work like that. It's sort of like a calming, soothing, yeah, thing. therapeutic, yeah. therapeutic. And I mean, I thought it was a good idea, but we didn't end up winning, and I'm still mad about that. <laughs> well, <if you're laughs> which is looking... which
1: is three years ago now, <laughs> but. And again, I will always I, I, I defer to OTs. What do we do? Everything and nothing an OT could take that plan Mm. and do a lot of research and studies on if you had a prototype and they OTs would relish in the idea of incorporating that exact activity um, into someone's routine Mm -hmm. Um, because anyone that had any interest in the stars or space or anything of that nature, they're now retired in this home. Yep. Rehabbing. And you could even
0: get your own. We had that right. was a rooftop one. We had a travel one, and then one for like schools and stuff. So
1: stuff like that. That's where OTs are like, if it here's the thing, if it increases their quality of life mm-hmm. or overall functioning, then OT cares about it mm-hmm. and wants to incorporate it. So when you create that, when you move forward and create that prototype and and move forward with that, which maybe you will, you may want to partner with an OT, yeah, who can show the therapeutic value of it yeah. through research and, and and testing and um that's when you could get into the nursing home like your buddy Curt <laughs> yeah. Well I
0: actually when we were in high school so yeah. th- we actually had a 3D printing class too it was awesome. engineering drafting and design that's how I got into 3D printing I see yeah um I actually designed and and 3D printed uh, a prototype of it okay. it was it's small I actually still have it in my room and uh it's got you know like the base the Uh, part that holds the telescope and everything like that and we and for we made a video right and and for the final presentation and uh basically the teacher who was awesome (laughs) gave us her telescope that she had lying around in her house and we tied a piece of uh, fishing uh line to it yes and we recorded it and then i had my ipad and we made a powerpoint presentation slide with arrows on it yeah and like a home what's what yeah Uh, and and we'd be like pretend that we were controlling the telescope yeah and somebody would be standing out off camera with the fish line and we'd say i want my telescope to go up and i press the button yeah and then you'd see it go up oh. and then in iMovie I went in and after and I made like an electronics noise and go Woo! and then, <laughs> and then nice. I want my telescope to go down and ah. you press a button and it'd go down with the fishing line and you and could it. see the fishing line yeah. <laughs> Well, <laughs> small detail but, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it was awesome and that I don't know why I'm still talking about that That's but it was fantastic. just No, yeah. I love the idea but uh yeah so actually it's been almost an hour and a half oh my goodness so yeah time flies It's almost oh, noon oh goodness so yeah um So the last question I ask every guest is what sort of advice would you want to give to the listener? It could be business, life, whatever you want. I know I sort of put you on the spot. That's a tough
1: one. No, no, no. I like being put on the spot. Um, for, for business owners, I would say be patient and passionate. The Mm -hmm. two P patient and passion. If you bring those to the table every day there's a good chance you're going to be successful. It's not going to happen overnight. I'm like I said, I thought I had the cure for cancer and why don't people just want to drink this? And it's, it's takes time to build relationships and trust and have patience. Yeah. as long as you know, you're bringing the passion every single day. And like you said, learning something every day, you're never going to know everything about the trade and you'd be a liar if you did. I learn something about home mods every single day, a new piece of equipment we incorporate all the time. Learn every day, use your passions and have patience and, and there's a good chance you'll succeed. Yeah. Um, and I would say for, for loved ones out there, um, it's a support system. The, the, the two biggest indicators of, um, successful outcomes with patients that we see on the, in the hospitals and the nursing home is their situation beforehand, so their condition physically, emotionally before their incident, but also a strong second is social support. The folks that have the social support that are calling us like, like you called us, it's that social support system that's everything. So the folks that are, are having to do all that stuff on their own are at a a big disadvantage of navigating this robust healthcare system because nobody knows about the resources that are out there. So if you can be a support system for your loved one, whether they think they need you or not, they probably need you. Mm -hmm. So be social support for someone can make a world of difference while they help navigate the system. Even a neighbor, the neighbors are sometimes the biggest help because it's the folks that don't have a max as a nephew or, um, they don't have a spouse or they don't have four children navigating, you know, being someone's social support can make a world of difference. So, yeah.
0: Well, I really appreciate, appreciate you coming on today. And if you just want to say your contact information, so if people are, if anybody listening is interested in maybe reaching out to sure. you for a
1: job, yeah. uh, Absolutely. So we are, you can find out all about us at uh, oakleyhomeaccess.com. Uh, we have a very active Facebook page as well. You just type in Oakley Home Access and you'll find us. Um, our uh, office phone number is four zero one four two nine three eight eight two. Whether you need a free home safety assessment or you're looking for a position with us and want, maybe want to join our team, um, please don't be shy. You can reach out at any time. Also, info at Oakley Home Access um, is our email.com is our email address that you can uh, reach us as well. And thanks for having me, Max. Yeah. I
0: really enjoyed it. Not a problem. So, guys, uh, make sure to check out uh, kip pod.com to see all the latest episodes if you're not listening on Spotify or anything like that. Links to merchandise are on that website as well make sure to follow knowledge is power on instagram um also make sure if you're interested in supporting the podcast check it out on patreon.com forward slash k-i-p-p-o-d we have some separate tiers there and you can get some exclusive content ad free content and interact with me and my guests through asking questions in the interviews so guys thanks for listening and i'll catch you in the next one